the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms, and Patty Cohn of Pacific Union International. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates given away during this show. Those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And today we're also doing uh, random trivia. Um, let's see, a couple of quick mentions here. Uh, Alcatraz, uh, which I don't know if you want to go uh, with the weather's like this, but yeah, when the weather's <laughs> a little be bit better. Yeah, it sure would. Uh, if you want to see legendary Alcatraz, planning ahead is a must. Cause I know I've been there before, and you have to buy tickets way in advance. Check out AlcatrazCruises.com. They guarantee the lowest price uh, for tickets to Alcatraz. Also want to make a quick mention for the Mount View Hotel in uh, spa in beautiful Calistoga, uh, the celebrating Napa's Valley's Cabernet season with a special getaway experience. Uh, they have all kinds of great specials going on. Use the promo code CS-T. Check them out at uh, Mount viewhotel.com. All right, uh, Mark, what do you got for us? Well, we got a bunch of goodies today to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a real estate show because we've got uh, Patty Cohn here from uh, Pacific Union, right? Yeah, Pac- Pacific Pac- Union. And, uh, and of course, uh, I'm Mark Hahn from Pacific Private Money. We're real estate lenders. And we're going to talk a little about real estate today. But uh, listeners to this show will recall that uh, I tend to follow, um, among other uh, blogs and indexes, the monthly Case-Shiller report that comes out. And what's really, really interesting now is that now it's a lagging indicator. So the, the numbers I'm going to share with you are from November. Uh, so it's about you know 60 to 90 days uh, behind in the times. But it's been for the San Francisco Bay Area for several years up until about the beginning of 2016, the year-over-year appreciation rate, according to Case Shiller, which is one of the most widely followed indexes uh, that tracks uh, major metropolitan areas throughout the United States, but the San Francisco Bay Area has been double-digit appreciation. I mean, we all know that, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and uh, this particular index has been um, uh, been showing that. Well. Sometime in the beginning of uh, 2016, I would say, well, actually, January was uh, January 2016. A year ago was 10.5 uh, percent still year over year, still in the top, wow. like the top three or four metropolitan markets. But then an interesting started thing started to happen in February, March, April, May. It started to tick downward. The most recent release for November of 2016 
was uh, year-over-year appreciation in the San Francisco Bay Area at 5.3%. That's the lowest it's been in like four years. Wow. And yeah. is it true that Vallejo is like number one? Yeah, Vallejo's hot. And part of, I mean, if we just took the the tight counties here with the, with the high prices, the year-over-year appreciation is even less because somewhere around the middle of 2015, the market started shifting in the upper end, like yeah. over 3 million, over 4 million. Slow down, didn't it? So, yeah. yeah. So when you take the nine counties, counties in the Bay Area, those numbers are kind of misleading because they're they're lower priced and they're, you're still going to see those numbers, but it, it has changed already. And, and but what I like, it's it's how healthy that number is because actually that's that's now equal to the nationwide five, the five year-over-year appreciation. Yeah. yeah, in fact, uh, the nationwide was 5.5, San Francisco Bay Area 5.3. And Patty, you're right. I mean, you have to, it's, it's even hard just to look at the San Francisco Bay Area and say, oh, well, year-over-year it was a 5% <clears throat> appreciation rate. Isn't that great? Well, it depends on, you know, what you know what metro, uh, little mini markets you know what san francisco versus the east bay versus the north bay and south bay and then you have to look at is it the lower price homes around the five hundred thousand dollar range or the middle price between five hundred a million or even five hundred and two million for middle price and then above that so so each of those marketplaces behave a little bit differently and and i know patty you um you you tend to represent the higher end of the marketplace right in in yeah. uh, marin county and in um uh, in around the area those have seen even price softening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And even, you know, what I was just reading a study about, even with those numbers, out out of the United States, the hottest areas right now, nine of them out of the top 20 are in the, in California, the hottest being San Jose. Santa Rosa is, you know, up there, nine, ten. San San Francisco is nine. So we're we're still the strongest in the in the country. Yeah. And so you can imagine things are shifting. And as you know, like as as high as it peaked before, like in in Florida or Palm Desert or mm-hmm. Arizona, Vegas. Yeah. You yeah. know, all those were the ones that were hit the hardest. Yeah. And they spiked up and spiked down, and that's all over now. But now most of them are all back, and they. They peaked as much. So we're just heading into what I'd like to call a normal market. Which is good. Yeah. Well, and I think your point is well taken is if you're buying, fixing, and flipping real estate, or if you're investing in real estate, whether it's single family or multifamily, you need to really look at the areas. The the Like you mentioned, Santa Rosa is hot. Vallejo is hot. There are parts of uh, uh, Oakland and Berkeley that are still on fire, yet other neighborhoods throughout the Bay Area are not. And I... We make loans at Pacific Private Money to a lot of real estate investors and flippers, and some are sitting on properties wondering why they can't sell them, and others are flying off the shelf. So you really need to investigate very, very carefully the marketplaces if you're going to be a Bay Area real estate investor. Right, right. and then just because it's a hot market, maybe it's, maybe it's peaked, maybe it's too late, go somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Okay, we're going to uh, cut to a quick commercial break here. I want to make a mention for the Wine Garden Children's Center. So what do you do if your child cannot hear or speak? Where do you go? Check them out. They also have this great golf tournament. I went last year, and it was awesome. Uh, and it's being held on Monday, April 17th, and you get dinner included and lunch and golf. Uh, you can get the tickets uh, by going to listenspeaklearn.org. All right, so here is our first trivia question, and that is, what trade name comes from combining the French words for velvet and hook? 
That's our question, okay? Also, I want to make a quick... What you have to do is call 888-912-1190, and the first caller with the correct answer is going to win a free uh, tanning certificate. Also, I want to make a quick mention here for the San Francisco Symphony. Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 7 is a part tumultuous, part mysterious, and all joy. So check them out. Go to the San Francisco Symphony for that one. All right, don't touch that dial because the best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing again. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Patty Cohen. First trivia question, which Patty off the air got. What trade name comes from the from combining the French words for velvet and hook? Velcro. Velcro. That is correct. Uh, and uh, Mark, just before we start, want to make a, a quick little note. Uh, don't forget to check out Beach Blanket Babylon. Oh, that's so yeah, fun. It is fun, especially when they do the Donald Trump thing with all the big hair. You feel like you're watching the B-52s. Remember that? Yes. All oh, right, that's Mark. right. The redhead. That's right. <laughs> well, we were talking last segment about how um, the Case-Shiller uh, Home Price Appreciation Index is indicating in the San Francisco Bay Area that we're really entering into a, a more of a normal appreciation appreciating market, uh, indicating about a 5% year-over-year appreciation, according to Case Shiller, which, again, is a, a lagging indicator. So it'll be interesting to see how that trend uh, continues. But really, that's still, even in the San Francisco Bay Area, that's a that's a blend of a lot of neighborhoods, some of which are higher than that and some of which are lower than that in terms of uh, year-over-year appreciation. But, uh, but, Patty, you've got your finger on the pulse of what's happening now that we're kind of entering, you know, it used to be called the spring market, but it's really now it's just after the first of the year, even before um, the Super Bowl, because then it was like, well, after the Super Bowl, that's when you should really start thinking about putting your home on the market. Well, it's already been heating up. It's already kind of well, uh, yeah, it's hot I, out there. I think a big reason, you know, if you list it, it will sell. So buyers are always out before sellers. I've been saying for 20 years, the best time is right now. It's better than ever because we had a very depressed second half of the year because of election distractions and uncertainties about how things will go. So hence some pent up demand. And with all this rain, we have sellers not coming on the market. So buyers are extremely hungry for whatever. I mean, I sold six houses in January and some of it is amazing. Yeah. Some of it is just simply putting the word out discreetly that blah, blah, blah is coming on the market. And I'm getting people wanting to write offers sight unseen. That happened once, and I said, no, you have to see it. But anyway, so that's – and then and then what also happens is there's a certainty that, price, that interest rates are going to go up. So yeah. what actually happens with that is it fuels the market because you want to get in the game, hmm. unless it, you really are priced out, which rarely happens. You just want to get in the game. And so with the rain and no inventory and – uncertainty about Trump and no action last time. You have buyers just wanting to pounce and they've already experienced what it, the last three or four or five years of how you just can't find anything. So there's this feeling like you have to have it. 
So we're going to have a good year. And I've talked to a couple of agents in the East Bay, Patty, who have been telling me that there's a lot of um, coming soons in their offices. That's and right. That, uh, and, and one agent that I'm working with, because I'm actually a little bit behind trying to finish uh, a flip that uh, I'm invested in over in the Oakland market. And so I've been talking to uh, one of my agents, and she's got to get it on the market. Get it on the market as quickly as you can. If you can get it on there in the next two weeks, because all these coming soons are coming, yeah. and it's going to start, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot but, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say flooding the market. It's going to be. Just, it's going to change if you can get your listing on the market. March first is everybody's waiting for March first. Part of it's the rain. Part of it's they're waiting for some kids' winter breaks to be done. Part of it is just they think it's a better time. But anybody standing looking pretty right now is going to get snatched up. Well, the other thing too is is. And I've heard this and experienced this through multiple real estate cycles is that when interest rates start to go up, real estate buying activity actually increases. Yes. Well, it's probably because people said. are scared yeah. that it's going to go up even further yeah. and they won't be able to afford. House. Right. And, exactly. and, and even those that, uh, the market, yeah. you know, if you've ever heard Bruce Norris, who's a pretty sharp guy uh, on uh, real estate market trends in California, uh, although he's out of Southern California, but he's very right when he says, if you look at the data from every real estate cycle and interest rate cycle going back 30 years, real estate buying activity uh, really increases as interest rates go up. So yes. it's people trying to catch up and get ahead of uh, of increasing rates. Versus as it's going down, people are thinking, well, I'll just wait till it goes down even further yeah. and then finally... Fall. It's human nature. Yeah. I mean, think about the stock market. Yeah, people buy when Do it's the already same. at the high. Exactly. You know? Think about the, the psychology of putting your house on the market. Oh, I think I'd rather compete with everybody else in the spring. Put it on now. You know, it's human nature. So we've got good news about Bay Area real estate. I've got some good news for some national news. This is from Bloomberg, and the title of the article is, Here Comes the Economic Growth That the Confidence Data Has Been Predicting. And so it turns out that businesses and consumers have reason to be confident that economic growth is about to pick up, but it's not because of Donald Trump's policy prescriptions. Uh, you'll recall that just two weeks into the president's term, the world's largest economy is already churning out a raft of signals that growth is poised to accelerate. And this is according to uh, a leading Bloomberg article. Um, you know, you'll recall there was a surge in optimism following the elections, but those weren't matched by the actual indicators. And there is this uh, measurement, they call it a gap between the uh, soft data of surveys, which are people saying, hey, I'm really confident that things are going to get better in the actual activity uh, of the of the indicators, which in uh, which were kind of depressed in the third and fourth quarter last year. Um, but uh, this particular report highlighted four signs that the road is already rising to meet the lofty expectations held by businesses and households with respect to the economy actually improving hmm. in 2017. And here are the four signals. And a lot of this st stuff is kind of, you know, egghead data that <laughs> economists follow. But, you know, again, it's the economists that you want to listen to, mm -hmm. not necessarily consumer sentiment. And, and the four are a pickup in housing construction activity uh, is poised to buoy the U.S. expansion in the coming months, given the extent to which starts are trailing permits. So there's this measurement where they look at actual permits issued versus housing starts. Mm. And there's been way more permits issued than actual housing starts that have begun, which means to say that housing 
construction activity is poised to pick up gotcha. in 2017. Uh, and the other one is uh, second uh, gauge is temporary employment, uh, which can be seen as a leading indicator, has bounced back strongly. A third one, capital expenditures derived from spending intentions are uh, point to an increase in business investment through the first half of 2017. Last but not least, the last uh, egghead uh, uh, <laughs> little thing they follow here, increasing demand for durable goods points to GDP growth in Q1 and points to job growth later in the year. So, again, so we're not just, uh, you know, um, necessarily high on uh, the election and high on uh, Trump's promises for things like um, tax cuts and uh, capital expenditures, but it actually looks like there's data out there to support uh, the, uh, that uh, the economy actually is heading in the right direction in 2017, as opposed to those who wonder if after seven years of a of, um, uh, post-recession, are we heading to another recession? Well, the uh, numbers would indicate, no, we are not. That's great, because there is a lot of talk like that. Yeah. All right, cutting to our next commercial break. I want to make a quick mention here also for uh, the Great Leaf Inn, which is located in Healdsburg. A gracious hospitality, country inn with meticulous service, fine cuisine, lux- luxury of jacuzzi tubs, fireplaces, and uh, you check out their uh, going unwind in their speakeasy, a Prohibition era ground underground bar. Fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Call 707-395-0929 or visit them at www.grapeleafin.com. Next trivia question is, in what sport would someone win the Federation Cup? The first caller with the correct answer wins a free Tanbella certificate, 888-912-1190. Don't touch that dial. The best investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt and Patty Cohn. Second trivia question. In what sport would someone win the Federation Cup? Mark. Well, uh, that sounds a little bit like Star Trek. Would that be the Klingon uh, Olympics? Or? No, <laughs> but that's a very good guess. Federation. Rugby. Women's yeah. tennis. Oh, That's what they call it. Okay, Patty, we got an email for you. It says, we've owned our house for 37 years and updated it many times, including adding a room addition. We did not get permits for anything. How will this affect when I sell? Oops. Wow. Really big question. Really important question. Um, it just the permit question in general is, you know, one thing that's very, very common is people just don't get, a, get say they get permits, but then inspections come out and they disclosures come out and they don't have a permit. That is easy fix. It just simply we discover that the contractor didn't final the permit. And it's usually because somebody they pay them in full and they just take off. Oh, oh you know, so a water heater doesn't get final. Most a lot of people don't even know you need a water heater. A uh, permit, a permit for, for that, yeah. If I put a thumbtack in and put up a picture, do I need a permit for that too? Exactly, right? Exactly. It's a permit to like sneeze. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so um a, a lot of times it, it it's easily rectified. It's just okay. just get it finaled. But so then you get back to the permit issue like what is it so in this case it's a room addition so you let's start with is it up to code you know like if it's not up to code you're going to be in trouble but if it's up to code today's standards 
you know, I don't know how long ago they did it. They had it for 37 years. It sounds like they did a lot over the years, but, yeah. you know, kind of maybe in the last five years, the room edition. But what about stuff like encroachments or variances oh, or setbacks bad. and all that stuff? Bad. You know, mm-hmm. so let's first, what I would first do is have a contractor come out and dis- dis- discover whether it's up to code, today's standards. If so, go down to the city and get a retro retroactive permit if okay. you can do it. And usually the fine for that is double the permit fee. So, you mm-hmm. know, they just should have done it from the beginning. It's not a whole lot of money, but still that's, a little that's bit. Not, I mean, that's yeah. not that bad. I mean, that's easy. Yeah. That's the easy fix. Easier than tearing it out. Yeah. Or, 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 what if, what <laughs> if you cheaper. put the room on, uh, uh, put it on wheels? Yeah, and right. We, and say it's, it's, uh, we can move it around anywhere we want. Well, that's what we do on the resale inspections. You know, there's a, well, we have the second unit. Well, it's not a second unit if we take the stove out. So literally on the day the inspector comes, they take the stove out and then they put it back in when they leave. And what is, what is that? If it's not a, it's not an in-law unit. Well, at that point. what is it? Just a room. A, it's a, a it's a room somebody's room? living in, but yeah. it's going to be a bonus room. It's you yeah, can gotcha. have a sink, you can have a wet bar, okay. you can have a little mini refrigerator, you can have a big refrigerator, just but you, a, a stove. stove makes it a. a, a, a just put some kitchen. firewood on the floor. Well, there, there they do. They just put a counter over the stove sometimes if it's just a cooktop. No, I'm talking about a real fire. Oh. Uh, you know, <laughs> just put, put a bunch of logs there and <laughs> there call, you go. There's or call stuff. Tony the Torch and blow the whole thing up and <laughs> you don't have a problem. Patty, do you know, is this a county by, is it different county by county? And the reason I ask is, is uh, we've made a lot of loans to flippers in Alameda County and I can't tell you how many of them will just like randomly convert uh, and, uh, you know, they'll be done with the rehab and they, oh, you know what? I'm going to do one more thing and they'll, they'll convert the garage. Maybe it's a freestanding garage to a studio, maybe even put a bathroom in there. And they're doing this without permits and a still selling do. them. A lot of people do. Yeah. So then for, you know, so the first line of defense is just check if it was a, you know, a, a finaling pro- issue. If not, check and see if you're up to code and then you can maybe go to the city and then you can yeah. get yourself complete. And a lot of sellers say, ah, it's not worth it. I'm telling you it's worth it because the next step is you sell your house with that. And of course you yeah. disclose. Disclose, 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 right. always disclose. But at the same time, an, an, an insurance, for example, is not going to insure that part of the house. If the house burned down, that, that addition would not be covered because you didn't get permits for it. So, and then there's the next thing. The appraiser comes and, you know, somebody, the buyer's getting a loan and that addition is maybe worth $100,000. Well, are we going to count that in the appraisal or not? Yeah. And then and then there's, of course, the buyer pool. Some buyers are fine with it. Okay, didn't get a permit. Like we'll move forward and that's the way it's always been with that house. But some buyers will will just, you know, walk away and not buy it. Or they'll say I'm going to deduct what that value of that is. And yeah. it sounds like these people had it for 37 years and and just upgraded here sure, and there sure. and then the major addition. Well, what were those upgrades? Do we I mean, if you're a buyer, I mean, I would think the typical thing would be get it approved yeah. and permitted and then I'll be able to finish off my purchase. Right. Well, I mean, there goes the sale. Perhaps it depends. If it's a strong buyer's market, they just take it and and they gotcha, they just yeah. buy it and they inherit the problem. But I mean, my advice to people is just get permits. It's just worth getting permits. Well, how do you know if you need a permit? For well, see, that's a great question because a lot of times water heater is the most common where people don't realize they need a permit. Well, um, but you know, ask a contractor. Ask the city. And and you can ask cities a lot of questions unanimous uh, unanimous. Do you, I need a permit? anonymously yes. <laughs> for <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yeah changing my light bulb yes yeah I mean well maybe <laughs> and cities don't pry they don't ask your name you can be unanimous I mean anonymous, anonymous. I, <laughs> unanimous. Yeah. we're unanimously anonymous <laughs> yes That's exactly great. so you just want to know what you're 
in for. But, you know, and sometimes you can't get a permit because it's not legal what you're doing. So, you know, some people choose, a lot of people choose, this is the Bay Area, they choose to do it anyway. But it's just disclose, disclose, disclose. So well, the good news is a lot of counties have been uh, having giving a little leeway on these second units now. And so they've been, yeah. you know, housing shortages and, and rising rents have given, uh, have given rise to more and more cities and counties uh, approving now second units. Well, yeah, it's more than just lenient uh, it's basically the cities. Every city has a expectation of or a requirement for so many s- yeah. units. Affordable housing. And in right. order to get funding. Well, they also talk about non-conforming, non-legal second units. Yeah, but, legal non-conforming and all that. Yeah. But I mean, th- but that's what all these people that have converted their garages or whatever. Yeah. They can now go down to the city and legalize them because the cities don't have enough affordable housing units. So the and and they and that backs right into getting government funding. Just no nuclear power plants. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, right. I, I can tell you now, you won't get a permit for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark. You know what? Um, yours is going to take a little bit more time. My and, question? Yeah, because right. we only have one more minute. So right. um, let's finish up what we're talking here. We'll do our last trivia question, and because uh, Mark's question is going to be actually very interesting, it has to do with uh, uh, real estate websites like Zillow. So we're not going to pick on Zillow per se, mm. but it's a question that has to do with foreclosures and uh, and those sort of things. So tell you what, let's go to our next commercial break here. What is the common name for? Coagulated soy milk. When I say coag- coagulated, I want to <laughs> think of uh, what was that? Homer Simpson. He lives in corrugated something. No, no. <laughs> Quag- he lives in coagulated something. Quagmire. No. Quagmire. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. What is the common name for coagulated soy milk curd pressed into blocks? It's, um, I know it's a kind of a funky question, but you'll yeah. when you hear the answer, you go, "Oh, oh, that's what it is." Okay. Oh. Call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Who am I? I'm Edward Brown. There's Mark Hahn, and there's Patty Cohen. Here we are. All right. (laughs) We're back. Can't can't tell the players without a scorecard. Okay. (laughs) What is the common name for coagulated soy milk curd pressed into blocks? Of course, if they called, if they said it was that, no one would eat it. Yeah, Otherwise right. known as tofu. Tofu. That is yum, correct. Yum. You guys <laughs> did really well. You got two out of three. Okay, Mark. Tr- um, question comes in and says, I'm a real estate investor looking to purchase a home in foreclosure. The only information I have is what I could find on some of the real estate websites like Zillow and driving by the house. What should... What should what are the things I should be aware of before deciding to buy the house? And it's certainly selling under market, but I'm concerned that I might get you know find a ton of problems once I get in. Well, and you're exactly right to be concerned because what Zillow does is Zillow takes the average price per square foot that a home in a particular neighborhood sells for and applies that to pretty much every other house on that street. So 
when you're looking at a house that uh, to purchase a house that's in foreclosure, first of all, you don't know whether it's just simply economic stress on behalf of the homeowners uh, or if the condition of the house, maybe it hasn't been remodeled in decades. So you really can't know that uh, Zillow has no idea whether the house has been recently remodeled or never been remodeled. It has no idea whether there's mold or if there's a crack in the foundation or other issues that could cause um, a real headache and to cause you to actually lose money if you were to buy that home at the price they're asking for it. So you really don't. So so is the, is the house, in fact, under market? You can't know that just simply from, well, here's the price that it is being asked for the house uh, out of foreclosure or of short sale, whatever the case may be, uh, without inspecting it. So you absolutely need to have, uh, um, if you're not a contractor, you need to get your contractor or find someone who is a contractor or home inspector and go in there and, and, and you really need to kind of assess what condition the property is in. Because now, now you, once you know the condition the property, then you need to create a budget for remodeling that home in the in in the fashion that is basically the same as the rest of the homes in the neighborhood. You, you want to make sure you don't over improve it. And so we're, we make a lot of loans to people who buy flicks and flip real estate. And I'll tell you, in, in 2012, 13, 14, we were making loans. Pretty much everyone, um, even the guys that weren't that good, we're making money. I mean, it really wasn't. You, you could get homes for really good prices. The uh, the the banks were aggressively selling uh, those homes and letting them go for you know for for very low uh, prices per square foot. Uh, but nowadays, that's not really the case. It's it's a lot harder today in today's market with uh, as much appreciation as as we've witnessed over the last five years to to get homes under market, particularly if they're listed on the MLS. If they're publicly listed. The chances of you stealing a property are, are, are pretty small. So it, it's really, um, if you're looking to buy, move in, and remodel it as you live there, uh, I'll tell you right now, people who are selling properties, those are the best buyers because you can get a higher price generally for those. But if you're a contractor looking to actually purchase a property, uh, pay add the value. financing costs, add value, and then sell it for a profit, it it's difficult. Uh, uh, the people that I'm financing that are successfully making profits, buying, fixing, and flipping property in the Bay Area today are those that are finding properties off market. They're not listed. They may not even be um, uh, through a broker. They are relationships that uh, that they have made with people. Either they're door knocking or they're working through a wholesaler. Uh, the things that are still happening in the marketplace, no matter what the real estate market is doing, are the three Ds, death, divorce, and drugs. <laughs> those, uh, those provide opportunities for distressed family situations where they need to sell the home. And if you can get to that family uh, before, say, a realtor does, and maybe you can negotiate a price with them that is uh, below market enough so that you have enough room in there to do what you need to well, do and make a profit. Well, you said you mentioned wholesalers. I mean, how is that different? How do the wholesalers get? Well, that's exact. That's what the wholesaler wholesalers are typically people who are scouring the countryside, knocking on doors, looking for opportunities, oftentimes based on a death in the family or divorce gotcha. or drugs. They and read so, the paper. Somebody died. They yeah, approach the they widow. Know someone it's friends of friends they've yeah. uh, they're, they're, there's just a lot of ways that people can create value for themselves in fact wholesalers right now are, are doing fairly well if you if you are a wholesaler I'm sure you're probably the wholesalers that I know of are, are getting higher fees today because it's harder it's hard to find, to find yeah. 
homes with where, where you can buy them for for a really low price. And so where maybe five years ago a wholesaler could you know maybe a five thousand dollar fee was not um, uh, was was typical or seventy five hundred or ten thousand now twenty twenty five thousand dollar fees and higher are, wow. are uh, oftentimes uh, being earned by a wholesaler. So again, getting back to the original question of how do I determine whether um, a property in foreclosure is a good buy? Well, um, you're really going to need to do your homework. Um, you know, it's it's uh, buying sight unseen nowadays doesn't make no it makes any, no sense. It, make, yeah. it makes no sense at all. Right. Now that being said. Um, we're doing a flip right now with a borrower client that he purchased the property uh, directly from um, uh, uh, from uh, Fannie Mae, who had foreclosed on this particular property, and it was not on the market. He was able to get uh, to the representative of this particular house before it went on the market, and so he did get it, it below market, put about $100,000 in uh, to remodel this home in West Oakland, and now is, it's on the market, and, and in fact, uh, I just talked with him this week. He's got multiple offers on that, so that, you know, that that's a real winner, so if you... Again, it's it's uh, it pays to to do your homework and to look at a lot of properties, but it is it's tougher now. It's tougher, and people are losing money. People are breaking even or not making the the kind of profits that they thought they would make uh, uh, flipping for, properties today. But you, as a lender, though, if just because the flipper breaks even or loses money doesn't necessarily mean that you, the lender, would lose money. Well, I care because I don't want them giving me back the property. That's for that's for sure. You're you're right about that. But there, you know, from a lending standpoint, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I don't I don't want them to go down. I don't I don't want to fund a, a project for someone who then starts the remodel process and realizes that oops, I made oh, a mistake. Yeah. I, I discovered something. This is going to cost me more money. I'm not going to make a profit. And then they walk away from the project. And that you know there are. You know, private money lenders uh, are seeing a higher rate of foreclosure on their flipper loans today than we ever did in the past, and that is because uh, it's just the kind of the, the metrics of of, uh, of the real estate economy now are such that you got to be really good. So we're we're pretty careful. We we vet the borrowers very carefully, their experience, their ability to withstand uh, a a you know, misjudgment in the budget. Um, and of course we want to always look at marketability. So there, it's, it's, a it's a little, you know, things have changed and we'd like to think we're smarter today than uh, we were a few years back. But, uh, Again, it always pays to do your homework and uh, make sure that you've got uh, your your budget uh, right there. But, but you guys, even when you say be smarter, you didn't lose money before. So as a, no, we've not lost money on yeah. any of the loans. But we've the made flippers, today. I think, because it's true, it's very very hard to find these kind of properties, especially in sophisticated markets like San Francisco, Peninsula, Silicon Valley, Marin. You can't find them, and and they're. The homeowners are smart enough not to just give their property away to somebody. Yeah. You put it on MLS, and if you and you can't, you're, Mark's right. You you just can't find. You can't do it for properties on the MLS for the most part because you're competing with very emotional buyers that want to live there for the rest of their life. They they don't want any profit, and they really don't care if they overpay because they're going to be there a long time, and they are sick of looking for property. Right. I had a client come in uh, uh, this week and said, so I've got this house I've owned since the 70s, and uh, it's rented to a tenant. We used to live there years ago. Uh, the tenant would like to buy it. Um, what do you suggest I do? And I said, well, you know, if you want to do the tenant a favor and you want to negotiate a favorable price for him, you know, and you want to be a good guy, but, 
you know, that, that's that's your choice, your prerogative. But I'm going to tell you from a real estate investor point of view that if you want to make the most money, you want to list it on the market and find a buyer who is not looking to flip it, but who will buy the property as is and improve it on, live there and improve it yeah. on their own. I'm that's how you're going to sell it for the highest price. And it's counterintuitive because you're like, why? I'm going to save on commission. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, stay with us. Uh, when we come back, uh, Mark's going to give us the deal of the week. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Patty Cohen. Uh, Patty, uh, we forgot to tell the audience how to get a hold of you. If they have uh, questions. Oh, perfect. Thank you. It's Patty Cohn, C-O-H-N. I'm with Pacific Union. And my phone number is 415-722-4842. And you can reach me at bestmarinagent.com. Very good. I <laughs> like that. That's a great URL. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason for that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Mark, uh, give us a deal of the week. Well, you know, it's interesting. My deal of the week actually uh, has something uh, is similar to what we were just discussing about last segment about, uh, you know, being careful when you take on a project. We got a loan request in this week from a builder who is building a property in Marin, and he has a construction loan, uh, which is uh, private, uh, a private, not a private lender, but a private party provided him the money. And this builder ran out of money. He needs another $200,000, it turns out, to complete this uh, mixed-use uh, project that's uh, in Marin County. Normally, we wouldn't touch something like that. But there's a number of factors that make this compelling to us as lenders in that, first of all, it's right in our backyard because we're based in Marin County and I'm born and raised in Marin County and have been involved in Marin County real estate for over 30 years. So I personally am intrigued by a property that is, you know, being brand new built in, in Marin, uh, the resale prospects and marketability, very, very high. Um, so how we're looking at this is uh, the, the builder's experience, which is another plus, but he happens to have a yet another project, and because of the two projects, he doesn't have the financial capacity to make up that, that shortfall. So here's a situation where he under-budgeted, right? Um, so, we're, so we haven't actually made the decision yet to do this, but the way we're looking at this is uh, would be um, rather than, you know, look at paying off the existing loan that's on there now and giving him a new first with additional capital and making him pay, you know, ungodly amount of fees. We're actually looking at it a little bit more creatively. We're looking at maybe doing a, um, like a joint venture second with him. And this is a strategy that uh, is still being used by a lot of lenders out there, private parties who are, who are lending to uh, contractors and real estate flippers, and it's where you basically become like their equity partner, like an equity joint venture. And so we're looking at doing, um, in commercial, they call this mezzanine financing. It's usually junior financing behind an existing first, where the combination of fees are such that it's a fairly expensive loan, but it's really, you're really, you know, bringing on a 
partner to save a project in the last minute. So, okay. so we're looking at uh, some points up front, uh, uh, an interest rate that would probably be pretty healthy for, you know, that would re- reflect a junior lien position. We're thinking about 12%. What we're strategizing on and what we haven't determined yet is what would be the exit fee, the points on the back end. So if you charge points up front like a regular loan and then there's an interest rate, which you know, because time you know, time is money. Yeah. On the back end, we're looking at maybe somewhere between t- ten and twenty points on wow. the amount of money lent. And which is, this, is, is you say in, wow, but that's yeah. actually quite common. This yeah. is in lieu of saying, well, we want a fifty-fifty profit split. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I don't want to get involved with the number crunching. With yeah. Him and the, you know, well, what's really an expense? You know, is that charged against this? Yeah. And even though that yeah. might be expensive for two hundred grand, if he had to refinance the whole million dollar oh, yeah. loan on be that, he would be actually be paying more. Or in fees, so this way, this way, the, on the on the amount of money we're lending, we're getting a great yield on it. Is this on your new fund? Um, no, or this is, this is well. What, again, we haven't decided again who the gotcha. lender would be and what in, in which fund. And gotcha. We still have to get the 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 the, uh, the valuations. We want to make sure it's not beyond a certain loan to value. But anyway, you know, for for creative financing um, opportunities, give us a call at Pacific Private Money. We're very creative and very holistic in our approach to making loans. PacificPrivateMoney.com for one five eight eight three twenty one fifty. Yeah, hopefully you'll get some uh, calls from uh, potential borrowers who are looking for creative financing. Yes. All right. Here's our thoughts for the day. If Cinderella's shoe fit perfectly, wh- why did it fall off? Yeah. <laughs> and starting running. To, yeah, that's true. And starting today, whatever life throws at me today. I'm ducking, so it hits someone else. Okay, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.